0: Garland Nixon thinks about any and all of that. Garland, welcome back to the show. Always a pleasure to see you. Before we uh, turn to the war, uh, I can't not ask you about Joe Biden. I just played a couple of the highlights. Uh, his bemused inspection of the guard at uh, at, at uh, the Royal Palace. Uh, when he was briefly here will live long in the memories not least of the soldiers he was inspecting who must at any moment have imagined they would have to pick him up off the ground it was odd because he made King Charles look like he was also an octogenarian out for a stroll under the supervision of Nurse Ratchet and a splendid pair uh, they made And then there was the fool that asked him to pronounce long and difficult Asian American names. Is it reaching breaking point is what I'm asking?
1: Yes, um, it is reaching breaking point. The discussion here in the United States um, regarding the 2024 election is now who will be the Democratic nominee um, in a lot of circles. The discussion about Joe Biden is that um, they're hiding him right now. They, Of course, they hit him in 2020, but he seems to have um, fallen a step below cognitively where he was even then. So I think the, um, the, the thing that's spoken quietly in the corners of Washington, D.C., is that we're not going to be able to hide Joe Biden through this 2024 election, and uh, some maneuver is going to have to be made to uh, brush him aside and, of course, to move Kamala Harris. I mean, it seems to me that um, Joe Biden's, whatever cognitive uh, issue he has, seems to be contagious because uh, Kamala Harris was recently rambling incoherently about um, uh, A.I., uh Matthew Miller he's the state department spokesman repeatedly was saying that um Ukraine has uh, suffered a strategic uh, you know a strategic uh, disaster um Paraphrasing something to down, down that um, line, and when they ask him, don't you mean Russia? And he said, yes, Ukraine. So it seems to me that the Biden administration is falling apart, it seems, cognitively. But Joe Biden, um, it's getting obvious to people. Now the discussion is, who are they going to slip in there? And, of course, the name that we hear most frequently is Gavin Newsom in California, although he's not terribly popular as a governor in, in California. And, of course, you've got uh, RFK uh, RFK. Junior, who is uh, sneaking up in the passing lane.
0: Yes, uh, maybe we should cut out the middleman and just go straight to AI. Make AI the president of the United States of America. Certainly, Kamala uh, doesn't compete with AI. Um, Gavin Newsom is is uh, the the grand old Duke of Woke. He won't play in Peoria, will he? He scarcely plays in Malibu.
1: Uh, correct. He's not. Re- he's not very popular. He won uh, his last recall um, election in California only because California is a very blue state, a very democratic, or a Democrat party oriented state, and he was going against conservatives, a place where he couldn't lose. Of course, he'll win his home state as any Democrat would, but they need someone who will, in this day and age, um, cross over to independence. And of course, in uh, we're right around thirty percent Republican, thirty percent Democrat and 40 percent independent in the united states now so whoever the democrats come up with they're going to have to be have to be someone who appeals to independence gavin newsom i don't believe is that guy and uh i do believe that as joe biden falls aside for whatever reason they're going to have a lot of difficulty with rfk jr right now he's there are many people projecting him to win in the first two primaries and have uh, some level of um, momentum in the uh, in the primaries. So, um, as I said, you know, I hate to keep bringing up RFK Jr., but in that Joe Biden is in deep and serious trouble. I, again, our um, our economy, uh, there was a report that came out. We have an app called Klarna, K-L-A-R-N-A, in which people can buy groceries um, buy now and pay later. We're using that is increased dramatically. So Bidenomics is not working well for the average working class person, and so there are any number of reasons that Joe Biden is going to have to be cast aside.
0: Uh, I'm a big admirer uh, of the presidential run of uh, RFK Jr. Uh, I hope that he has uh, a plan B uh, to run as a third party independent, if and when the a Democrat establishment does to him what they did to Bernie Sanders not once but twice. Do you think he might run as a third party candidate?
1: I think there are a number of possibilities going on here. Um, certainly he was recently asked whether or not he would endorse Joe Biden if he lost, and he said his answer was whether he would commit to endorsing Joe Biden if he were to lose the uh, Democratic nomination. And his answer was, of course not. And he then said that he would. Um, he had a plan to win, and he didn't have a backup plan for losing. Um, there is a uh, a former NBA basketball player. This was in the news. A guy named Royce White. He played for Houston for the Houston Rockets. Recently, um, he was playing in another league, and they zeroed in on. something that he had written on the side of his bald head, and it was protect RFK. And uh, when questioned about that, he said from his perspective, he liked RFK and Trump as a team, but he feared that the deep state could uh, take actions against the health and well-being of RFK Jr., shall we say. So uh, there are people looking at um, the dynamics of the Democratic Party, understanding, as you and I do, that they are prone to, you know, such a, you know, illicit machination, shall we say, that would stop the uh, democratic process from having its way in the party and um there's questions he may jump over to the green would he, would he jump over to the green party with uh with with um cornell west would he come over and run as a republican with trump there are any num- there are a number of things going on and sadly that conversation has to be had because the history of the democratic party tells us that even if he wins by a landslide they're likely to go in the back room and just hand it to the first neoliberal warmonger that they can get their hands on <laughs>
0: exactly I mean, uh, I worry about these things too. Uh, And not just for RFK. It seems to me Trump uh, could well, uh, you know, have an unfortunate accident. Uh, Also, um, the two of them together would be literally unstoppable. I don't say it will happen. I don't say even that it should happen. Uh, But if it happened, a Trump-Kennedy ticket would literally be unstoppable, wouldn't it?
1: There's no questions. Game set and match. You know, and in looking at the U.S. right now, if you look at a Cornell West, who is very popular amongst a lot of people, he's a very well liked person. If you follow Corn, uh, Cornell West, it's hard not to like Cornell West. He's such a kind human being, and his concerns are about the poor and the those less fortunate. He's very strong on the Palestinian issue. He's just an all-around good guy. If you look at the people, if you take the number of people who support a Cornell West, an RFK Jr., and Trump, you have an overwhelming majority of the voters. You are correct. So there are a lot of us hoping that something will happen that will cause those who are outside of the neoliberal, warmonger, mainstream politics in the United States to maybe come together, whether it's. Form a third party, all run on the same party, whatever the question is, because you are correct. there is victory to be had if we can find a way to bring the and I hate to use the word outsiders because if these are the people that can win in a landslide, they're not the outsiders. the neoconservatives and the neoliberals yeah, exactly. really are the outsiders
0: <laughs> That's a brilliant point. Uh, we should stop thinking of ourselves as the outsiders the the it's the people running the show who are actually outside of the majority wishes of the people. They cling to power in one uh, guise of semi-legitimacy or even outright illegitimacy. People like Sunak, for example, never been elected by anybody at all. Uh, Macron uh, got 23% of the French public in, uh, in, in the first ballot and only won the second ballot because his opponent was uh, Marine Le Pen, the daughter of a Vichy French collaborator, uh, and, uh, and all that that implied. Little soldier Schultz is currently standing on 16% of public opinion in Germany. Even the mad box of frogs greens are more popular than him, though only just, I could go on, uh, all these people are clinging to power uh, by the skin of their teeth, uh, and we should perhaps show them a little less uh, deference. Big events happened today, Garland, uh, in, uh, in Vilnius. Let's turn to that, if we may. Uh, the, uh, it was written all over Zelensky's face, wasn't it? It's over. He's been let down, like all these satraps before him like the guy that used to run Afghanistan until a year and a bit ago, whose name none of us any longer remember.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, we've had this discussion in the past, George, that how does this thing end? And my um, opinion always was it ended uh, just like it ended. If, if the, the most, uh, the best that um Zelensky could hope for is an ending similar to Ashraf Ghani in in um, Afghanistan where he was uh, you know he took off in a plane with one hundred and sixty million dollars in cash and there was literally suitcases of money falling out of the plane on the tarmac as he took off that 's the best case scenario for um, for uh, Vladimir Zelensky for this simple reason you know he knows far too much you know he needs to be very concerned about his safety probably far more than- than RFK Jr because he knows so much he, he can say everything that was head, said behind the scenes so he, as this thing falls apart the one guy that could really put a hurting on Joe Biden and all of the um and all of the neocons in Washington DC and in London is Vladimir Zelensky so I would not want to be in his shoes and if I were in his shoes I'd be hiding in a trench somewhere but yes it's over um there and Joe Biden just said we're out of ammunition you're in a war and you're out of ammunition. I think we know how that what that means.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, Chairman Mao was definitely premature back in the 1960s when he called the U.S. a paper tiger. Uh, but it wouldn't be premature to say it now. NATO is now a paper tiger, a toothless tiger, with no ammunition.
1: Well, Well, NATO is – what's happened here and it's positive. Certainly all the deaths and destruction and the danger is not a positive thing. But what is positive that has come of this is NATO has been – exposed for what it really is. You know, we were told that NATO is some kind of a military alliance to protect Europe. They conspired, uh, a number of the um, members of this alliance conspired to attack one of the other members, um, Germany. They also conspired to hide that attack. They also, and this is what I think is the most telling, they used um, a um, an exercise in which they were allegedly practicing defending themselves from Russia. They They used that exercise literally to hide an attack on one of their members, which was Germany. So NATO is being exposed not just for the military, neoliberal fraud it is. And any neoliberal nation or neoliberal group cannot be a military power because to be a military power requires some level of industrial power and industries, neoliberal industries are only in business to make money. They make the most expensive weapons they can possibly make and they don't care if they work. In fact, it's better if they don't work because then they come back and get the contract for maintenance. So NATO has been exposed. I think it's good for the entire world to see it. And the only question is, as um, Paul Keating said now, will they continue on? Will they bring that poison? Will they bring that plague to the doorstep of the, of the Asian, uh, of the people in Asia?
0: It's a powerful point um, of many powerful points that you make, and I must say it's one I didn't see coming. We are used to the expenditure of vast sums of public money on weapons of war, Uh, and we imagine, therefore, that somewhere there will be weapons of war uh, that are uh, worthy of the name, if you like, that can... Do what it says on the tin. It turns out that the Russian military industrial complex, which spent a fraction of what the US budget alone is, never mind the budget of all the NATO countries, has vastly outperformed uh, the weapons that our taxpayers paid so dearly for Garland.
1: Yes, because what's also what's been exposed here is this is not just um, an ideal. This is not just a, a military conflict. This is an ideological conflict. And on one side, you have industrial capitalism, commodity capitalism, which would be Russia and China. And when it comes to the U.S. and uh, Europe, you've got um, uh, economic capitalism. You've got, um, a, you know, a type of capitalism that doesn't require you to make anything. So the fact of the matter is... U.S. industries do not make weapons of war. They simply make products that are designed to make a profit, it doesn't matter if it works. It doesn't matter if it if it if it's effective. It doesn't matter if you have enough of them. They just simply create a product that they can charge an as, an astronomical amount of money for. And what we find out now is this gigantic budget that the U.S. has for the military. It's all a fraud. the The idea is not they have a budget so that they can purchase things that will make them an effective military. It's they have a budget so they can launder the money into their hands of their political and economic cronies. And they've been really good at that. If, if, if the judgment is how they're able to money launder, they've been extremely effective. But money laundering does not work very well on the battlefield. So Russia can take in an old, in, literally in some instances, they take old howitzers that they took out of, of mothballs from World War II. They grease them up and they work. Whereas the stuff that we have now, it, it, it costs a lot. It looks great. It has all kinds of computer technology but when it comes down to it, it's not a weapon of war, it is a very expensive product, nothing more they could send a picture of a howitzer for what it matters to Lockheed Martin as long as they're getting paid
0: <laughs> a 3D 3D howitzer <laughs> uh, lastly uh, Garland, uh, I watched the the hearings uh, today, the FBI guy Ray, is it W-R-A-Y yes, uh, he he was literally on the... Ra- well, not literally. Metaphorically, he was on the rack. He had no answer uh, to the uh, real forensic harassment of, uh, is it Comey, uh, the, uh, the lead Republican in the hearings? Comer. Uh, it Comer. Is- Comer. It is self-evidently, obviously true that the FBI... And the U.S. deep state has been protecting criminal behavior by the Biden family. Extortion. And claiming that, well, I haven't looked at that, haven't studied that, haven't read that yet. It's threadbare. The deep state is deeply involved in what is, looks to me at least, to be a, a vast criminal enterprise.
1: Uh, there is no question about that. You know, we also we, we recently had a lawsuit where a judge in Louisiana, Louisiana, found that the Biden administration, the evidence was presented that the Biden people in the Biden administration were having direct contact with Facebook, with Twitter. They were threatening them. They, As you and I both know, we were affected on on Twitter. They were threatening them. They were telling them specific accounts, specific posts they had to take off. So the Biden administration was literally managing social media, which is a Direct violation of our First Amendment, our constitutional right to free speech. So a judge has recently found that we get um, Christopher Ray today, who's being investigated, refusing to answer how many people, how many FBI operatives were involved in the January 6th protests. They won't talk about it. They won't tell how many people. For all we know, there could have been all of them. We don't know, but they won't talk about it. They are in deep and serious trouble, which is another. Uh, important factor to take into account moving into the 2024 election because the deep state cannot afford to have a president come into office that may actually bring in people who would look into what they do, um, what they're doing. So they're going to have to do everything they can to try to um, affect the uh, 2024 election.